The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Starter sit for only six games today. It was going to be seven, but Steelers Titans moved to a later date. And Denver 37, Jets 29, and beat the waiver wire and wide receivers with tough matchups, if that even exists anymore. And we welcome you, everybody. This is the Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. We'll have a mailbag for you on Saturday. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, that was a pretty fun game, actually, last night, huh? You, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by the NFL. It's always fun when two terrible defenses play against each other because the offenses usually find a way. So that's that's what we ended up seeing. There was a lot of bad in that game as well, but uh, sure, fun, entertaining game with two teams going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what's your yes. your biggest fantasy takeaway? From two teams going absolutely nowhere, Jets and Broncos. Broncos 37, Jets 29. Um, I would like to cut the Jets and the Broncos from the NFL. No, come on. <laughs> That's my a, fantasy take. They gave us a no, better that game. Was a terrible game. It was an absolutely terrible, atrocious game of terrible football. Oh, um, I, you know, well, I felt that way about the second half. There. The first half was pretty well played. Well played in terms of what? Pee wee football? No, what was wrong with the first half? Those quarterbacks Come were playing on. well. Sam Darnold is a rusher. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was great. Jerry great tackling Judy's. by the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos tackling on that was fantastic. It was excellent. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, my biggest fantasy takeaway is that you got to pick up Tim Patrick. You think okay. so? Yeah. I don't think you have to pick up Tim Patrick, but well, it, I mean, you have uh, two two game sample size with no Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy makes two catches a game, and one of them shouldn't have been a catch. Yeah, and right. uh, KJ Hamler's hurt. Noah Fant's hurt, although he's expected to be fine. I mean, Tim Patrick's making plays for them. So he's absolutely a guy you should be adding next week. Well, he had four, uh, four targets. He's had five, five, four, and seven targets. This was his first game with more than 43 yards. He did have a touchdown in week three against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, great day for Tim Patrick, who's rostered only 1% of leagues. Jeff right. Smith had Does a Does he play the too. Jets next week? <laughs> he plays the Patriots next week, a slight step oh, okay. up. okay. All right. Uh, okay, but you know what? Like the all right. Sorry to steer this, but I really think Jamison Crowder is the talking point here. Uh, he was started in only twenty nine percent of leagues. Understandably, he's only rostered in eighty three percent of leagues. I have him in one league. Sat him. I can live with it. Um, but he was great. His second game of the year, and he's been over a hundred yards twice last year. He was on pace for. Oh, uh, what the hell, Adam? How did you know? Oh, here we go. 86 <laughs> catches, 933 yards, and seven touchdowns on 133 targets. That was in the 13 games that Sam Darnold played. So it's 933 yards and seven catches. But I've, I put it all down. I, I don't know if you even want me to read this, but 2016, 17, and 19, he has been so streaky. He goes on these tears for like four games, and then he disappears. 
2018, it didn't happen. He only played nine games. Does it feel different this year? Does it feel more sustainable this year for Crowder? A if he little. can stay healthy, yes. I mean, well, yeah. you know, health has obviously always been a concern for him. And then as we saw last year, health was a concern for his quarterback who got banged up in that game last night. And I'm not sure why they brought him back in. So, you know, we'll see uh, how things go for, you know, the Jets moving forward. Is Adam Gase going to stay the head coach? Because, you know, the, the cries for his firing are only getting louder. Um, we'll see what happens when Brashad Perryman comes back. We'll see what happens when Denzel Mims is healthy. But, you know, if you have Jameson Crowder on your team right now, you should be absolutely happy about that. So is he a buy, sell, hold? Hold. He's a hold. Yeah. Okay. For sure. All and right. you, you can't argue with the, the target volume. You can't argue with the run game for the Jets. Do you really think that's going to improve even when Le'Veon comes back? Le'Veon will take targets away from him. But I, there's just the way that Adam Gase's offenses have worked have involved the slot receiver. And even in the games he missed, Braxton Berrios was getting good production. He was finding the end zone. That was part of it, but it was good. And I just, I think that you're going to continue to see that as long as Darnold's healthy and the rest of the Jets absolutely stink. Okay, and a very disciplined showing from Greg Williams' defense. That was really good to see. (laughs) We always say that. Yeah, yeah. That's Uh, that's a staple of Greg Williams' defenses. I guess the only other thing from this game would be maybe Jerry Judy. Dave took the over on Jerry Judy's receiving yards, and you nailed it. Yeah, I took it on Crowder, too, once Uh, I knew that he was active. All right. I had a good day yesterday. Actually, I think Melvin Gordon. Um is now the time to sell Melvin Gordon coming off 23 yes. K. Yes. I mean, it's kind please. of, but, it, but listen, it's kind of obvious, right? Cause people know Philip Lindsay's coming back pro- probably next week. You'd think. Right. So you shouldn't expect to get like a, a King's ransom in return. Like where'd you draft him? Round three, round yeah. four, maybe. Right. That's probably type of the type of player that you'd be lucky to get in exchange for Gordon at this point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we're, we're still at a time where you're down McCaffrey, you're down Barkley. You're still dealing with injuries across the board. We're about to hit bye weeks. I think you get better than that. You know, you're looking at a guy that people are still going to look at him and say, that's Melvin Gordon. And you're seeing the production that he's had where he's been basically good in three or four games. And so, you know, I think you could, you could probably still get something that you could swindle somebody in essence because mm-hmm. of what the name value is and because of what the production is. And, you know, it depends on how closely people are paying attention to it. So, yes, people know Melvin Gordon is going to lose some touches to – Philip Lindsay, but you know, the, the off season was, Oh, he's the guy. And then it was a shared situation. And then Lindsay got hurt. So I think you can still get a, a pretty good haul in return for him. Or why don't I just keep him? I mean, if you play in a savvy league where everybody's expecting him to lose some touches, maybe he's more well, valuable. Give than, him away. Maybe he's more valuable than we're giving him credit for it. So I guess we should do some comparisons. I'm sure you'd rather have James Robinson than Melvin Gordon. Yes. Okay, and obviously it's a subject to change. We'll see what happens week four. How about right now? I know it wouldn't work for this week, but let's say somebody right now says, I'm going to give you after this week, I'm going to give you Joe Mixon for Melvin Gordon. I would probably take Joe Mixon. I think I would too. Okay, I'll give you Terry McLaurin for Melvin Gordon. I would take McLaurin if I need a wide receiver, but that's the type of comparison I think you're looking at. Okay, I think you need more with McLaurin. You need... More, a little more. You like the Gordon McLaurin side better, plus uh, something else okay. for Melvin Gordon. All right. Anything else on this game? Any interest in Jeff Smith? Well, you know, if if you can't trade Melvin Gordon for something that you like, why don't you acquire Philip Lindsay at least? Yeah. I don't know if locking up the Broncos' backfield is going to be a, a secret component to winning a fantasy championship, but at least you'll be 
in a position where you've got one of your running back spots covered in case Gordon goes down, in case Lindsay ends up blowing up, who knows? Okay, sorry, Jeff Smith. Fast. <laughs> no? Okay. Seven catches, 81 yeah. yards. And that'll do it for but Thursday I mean, Night you know, Football. It's, it's kind of contingent on what happens with Perryman and Mims. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there was some excitement about him coming off IR. They they started him. and uh, his, his He was awesome in DFS. He was. He was like a last minute, got to get him in your DFS lineup for Thursday. All right, everybody. It is week four. We are in full swing here. So if you've got questions, you can ask us throughout the weekend on Twitter. Hashtag AskFFT. you got to be watching CBS Sports HQ, 10 a.m. Eastern. Download the CBS Sports HQ app on your smart TV, on your on your device, Roku, whatever you're using. Uh, I've got it on my Roku. And uh, check out Fantasy Football today, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. And Twitch, twitch.com slash today. Join us there. Noon Eastern, we'll answer your questions. And then 4 p.m. Eastern, we've got the Twitch Lowe's Chiefs Patriots home team watch party. 4 p.m., Damian Williams and Danny Woodhead are coming on the show. Whoa. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Dave will be there. Will Brinson will be there. Nando DeFino will be there. Uh, we did our first one a couple weeks ago with the Chargers-Chiefs game, and I didn't really know what to expect, and it was awesome. It was really fun. So basically, you just want to watch football with us, talk football, and uh, we'll see you on Twitch 4 p.m. Eastern for the Lowe's Chiefs Patriots home team watch party on Sunday. We got a lot of news, including a big injury, Alan Lazard. But first of all, Devontae Adams practiced. They've got Atlanta on Monday. We've got a lot of wide receiver updates in that game. Uh, but Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think he was 42% rostered at some point yesterday. Now he's 55. Is he a must-roster player, MVS? Yeah, I mean, look, you're talking for just this week alone, he's facing a miserable defense. And with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, he's going to see as many targets as he could potentially handle if Adams is also out. If Adams returns, he's still going to see a decent amount of targets. And so, you know, the shots that he'll be able to, you know, hopefully come down with, I mean, this could be a two-touchdown game for him. It would not surprise me at all, just based on how this this offense is playing, how Rodgers is playing, how he's going to, you know, attack the secondary. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's a guy that can win you a league this week, especially without the Titans and Steelers playing on a surprise situation. So, if you have the chance to pick him up, I would absolutely do so. Absolutely. Who would you and rather have? Another name. There's a name yeah. we have to do some research on. Darius Shepard. Mm-hmm. Been hearing that he might end up getting like the number three receiver role. With yeah, Lizard they could also out. elevate you know Reggie Bedleton off the practice yep. squad. Yep. It's another guy that they you know have invested some time in. We so. we have brought him up before. Oh, you can't forget that name, Reg, Reggie Bagleton. Uh, so, would He's you rather locks. would you rather have uh, John Brown or MVS rest of season? Brown, still John Brown. Okay. I mean, now if Adams is out forever, which we don't want to see, then you know MVS becomes more interesting. But you know, he's going to be an inconsistent player. You know, he doesn't run every route yet. Nope. Think so of him as a a better version of John Ross. Okay, but he was getting more targets before week three. Not that much better, but better. Yeah. And then, then Alan Lazard was. So, um, I, I don't we'll know. We will see. Yeah. But the opportunity is there. Matchup is there. Should be a high-scoring game. I'm trying uh, to see if I got him in my league. Oh, I, he's not available yet because I dropped him. That's right. I dropped him before this news. But, yeah, Alan Lazard mm-hmm. is out uh, indefinitely after core muscle surgery. No, they got Sucks, man. Week. It's a terrible way to follow up his best game ever. And in that game, 
Calvin Ridley didn't practice. So what are we expecting right now? Uh, we'll know more today when the practice report comes out for the Monday night game. What are we expecting right now for the Falcons receivers? I mean, hopefully Julio's back out there. You know, he's got the hamstring injury. Uh, He was a limited participant in practice, but that's a positive sign considering last week he didn't practice at all. Um, Ridley, you got to keep an eye on. I'm going to guess he plays, but that's still, you know, something you want to monitor. And then Russell Gage was a limited participant in practice, but he's dealing with the concussion. So he just has to clear the protocol and if that happens, then he should be okay. So, you know, you have another week of last week. It was no Michael Thomas, no Devontae Adams. Now it could be no Julio Jones, no Devontae Adams in the primetime game for the Packers and their opponent. So, you know, you'd like to see everybody out there to see what the best of these two teams could be. Um, hopefully that's the case. Going to Seattle, Miami here. Chris Carson was limited and Carlos Hyde was also limited in practice, right? Going they're on they're there? splitting reps already. In practice, then <laughs> they're both limited. No, look, it's a good thing for Carson. He was limited on Wednesday too, so let's see what his designation is by Friday. If he's a full practice on Friday, I think you can assume that he'll play. Are we assuming Michael Thomas is going to play at Detroit? It's yes. looking that way. Yeah, probably not. So for Jared Cook, he has not practiced this week. Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins. What are we thinking right now with Beckham and Hopkins? Beckham, uh, I think will be okay. You don't like to see midweek you know, additions to the injury report and, you know, just reading some of the things he, he met with the media yesterday and um, there was some video of him working on practice. Uh, I don't know if it was on Wednesday and that's what they showed, but you know, the team tweeted out him doing some stuff. So I'm going to guess he plays, but just something to keep an eye on. Hopkins is a little troubling. Fitzgerald, you know, uh, when he met with the media said, we need him out there. We need him. We need him, you know, sort of gave a little sense of urgency. Like they want to make sure he's there. So that's one you got to keep an eye on. And Christian Kirk has is, is been limited in practice. So he could have a big role if Hopkins is not there, uh, along with Andy Isabella. So if you're looking for guys that could be on the waiver wire to help you, obviously Kirk was dropped in a lot of leagues and Isabella is available in a ton as well. So um, those are two guys that would, would be uh, needed by Kyler Murray. But it'd be terrible not to have DeAndre Hopkins out there with the way he's been playing so far. It's a matchup to attack, too, because the cornerbacks for Carolina, they looked good last week because – Justin Herbert kept turning the ball over, but I I don't think that they were very good. A couple of defensive back injuries uh, real quick here. Damon Arnett for the Raiders. He had thumb surgery, could miss six to eight weeks. And Legereus Sneed, I mentioned this yesterday, that Legereus Sneed for the Chiefs, rookie cornerback, he's out with a broken clavicle. He's going to be out for a while. Um, I've been looking at some of the passer ratings allowed by cornerbacks, and he has, just based on that stat, passer rating allowed when he's the primary defender, he's having a terrific rookie season so far. So that's a tough break for the Chiefs, tougher than I realized. Raheem Mostert and Jimmy Garoppolo missed practice, so they're probably not going to play, whereas Jarek McKinnon is going to play, George Kittle is going to play, and we're looking we're looking at next week for Debo Samuel, right? It seems that way. I mean, he's working in practice, so you know if they feel like he's ready to go, they could have him play, but you can't start him in fantasy even in a good matchup. And Alshon Jeffrey is almost certainly not going to play this week, so we're looking at next week for him. They have one receiver practicing right now. Just Ward? Ward. That's it. That's it. They have on their 53 man roster, they have one receiver practicing. Oh, wow. So, all right. I've got actually a, uh, a segment coming up about replacement wide receivers. We'll throw Greg Ward in there. Cam, a- Cam Akers unlikely to play against the Giants. Chris Godwin and Scott Miller both missed practice, and they already have a tough matchup against the Chargers, we think anyway. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they're like without Chris Harris and Melvin Ingram. 
Henry Ruggs likely out. Kareem Hunt, groin issue, not believed to be serious. So we're going to preview that game. Terry McLaurin was limited with a thigh issue. We're going to talk about him. Mike Williams yeah. mispractice. Deshaun Jackson mispractice. Well, I guess all the Eagles wide receivers mispractice, basically. John Brown did practice, so he's back. We previewed that game yesterday. We didn't talk too much about John Brown, but it looks like he's going to play. Starter said John Brown at Vegas. Number two receiver. Yeah, I mean, you're starting him. More of a number three receiver for me, but I think you look at... Uh, uh, keep an eye on it, though. You know, He just returned to limited. He wasn't full. So calf injuries could be tricky. Caps are tricky cats. Leonard Fournette <laughs> mispractice again. So where would you rank Ronald Jones against the Chargers if Fournette does not play? I, I know he'd be top 24. He could be closer to like 18. So maybe a middle of the pack, number two fantasy running back. He's yep. going to get a pretty big opportunity against the Chargers defense that hasn't been great against the run. Okay. How about like Mike Davis or Ronald Jones if Fournette's out? I think Davis it's still going to be Davis. But Jones and non-PPR. Okay. And A.J. Brown expected to come back in week five. Good. So, two things here. Who are the best waiver wire running backs this week? And these are players that you could have picked up any time off the waiver wire, not just in this week. So, let's say you guy you drafted, you don't like so much this week. It's really amazing how many running backs are in the discussion now, right? I mean, Miles Gaskin, maybe Carlos Hyde, Mike Davis, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Devontae Freeman, Rex Burkhead, Adrian Peterson, Josh Kelly, Naeem Hines, James Robinson, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson. These are just the names I came up with. I'm not sure if I'm missing anyone. You're you're making the argument for zero RB <laughs> and why it's... it's well, it's, some of these guys This think. is why people do it. Some of these... So they can... Yeah, I guess so. But like nobody's starting Malcolm Brown. You can't go in your draft saying, I'm going to get Mike Davis in week three. No, but you know that somebody shakes <laughs> out. Every week there's a running back or two that comes Right, but I mean, go, you okay, also... I can go it, and get it, them. It, yes, but you are also competing with 11 other people to get that guy. So it's not a guarantee you're going to find that person. Also yeah. true. And on, on that subject, I wonder if it's easier to go zero RB in a fab league. We have a little more control over it. I guess. Yes, but then, but then you know, you spend big on... Around Benny um, Snell. On Benny Snell, correct. Right. Good call. Right. So who are um, the must-starts or uh, the good options in this group? Like Henderson and James Robinson are at the top of the list. Yeah, and Mike Davis for sure in PPR. Yep. I mean, you know, you look at what those guys have shown you. Uh, for Davis, a limited sample size. For Robinson, three games. And for Henderson, two games. I mean, it's hard to overlook what the potential is, not just for this week, but for as long as they're in those roles. And obviously I say that because we hope at some point to get Christian McCaffrey back. But... You know, we'll find out what the Rams are going to do with Cam Akers. He's most likely not going to play. But, I mean, all those guys should be starters. And, you know, for me, I'm starting all three of them over Joe Mixon. How much better are – so the guys we mentioned are Henderson, uh, Henderson, James Robinson. Robinson, and who was the other one? Mike Davis. Mike Davis, right. How much better are they than Jarek McKinnon? We did a Twitch stream last night before the game, and we had Jacob Gibbs of Sportsline on, and this guy was dropping some serious stats. Jarek McKinnon – had like an 80-plus percent snap share in the yes, first half. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, he had like 14 carries. By the time he got hurt, uh, five or six carries for Jeff Wilson. So is McKinnon clearly behind those other three, or is he right there going up against he the He is Eagles? for me, but not by much. Like, he's okay. still the number two running back easily in PPR and probably in non-PPR, too. He had 17 touches before he got hurt. So there's there's a ton to like about McKinnon, and he looked a little thicker than I remember 
And he was still he ran better than Jeff Wilson. I know Wilson had a great game, but McKinnon ran better. Well, Wilson didn't have a great game. Wilson had a great fantasy game. I mean, right. you know, he's 12 carries for 15 yards. It's a terrible game. But he found the end zone and then he had the three catches for 54 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what they're gonna do with if the game's in hand, you know, and and we know McKinnon got hurt, but was it more of a, okay, you're done, you did your work. Right. It's a blowout. Um, and and Wilson could still come in. So I think Wilson's still a, a flex option for you. But yeah, McKinnon's a number two running back. Yes, he's behind those guys just because, you know, it's it's still a situation of those guys, I think, have in some cases better matchups. Um, you know, I know Philly's run defense two weeks ago was bad, but they did a good job against the Bengals for, what's that, for what that's worth last week. I mean, most likely they're going to get run on because San Francisco just runs on everybody. Yeah. So McKinnon's mm-hmm. in a great spot. You know, if you uh, if you still have Jarek McKinnon, he's um, he's got an opportunity to be uh, a top 20 caliber running back in PPR and, you know, probably the same in non-PPR too if he's getting those touchdown opportunities. I would start him ahead of Gurley. I would start him yep. ahead of Mark Ingram. Yep. I would start him ahead of any Patriots running back. Here's the Any thing, though. Back, he, he, he's missed two seasons, right? And then he gets this work against the Giants for the first time in forever, and he leaves with an injury. So I don't, it, it, I'm, it I'm, I'm nervous about how, how... Okay, but fine. I, I'm just nervous about... Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, I'm just now, like... Now, again, you know... Are they going to be cautious with him? So, Well, I think probably so. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, again, if they're playing with a lead, and, and look, Carson Wentz has thrown two picks in every game this year, so that could be a pick six. And if they have, you know, a 17-20 a, <laughs> a, a point lead going into the fourth quarter, which is not out of the realm of possibility, he's probably done. But... I think, you know, there, there's there's two different fantasy managers that are looking at Jarek McKinnon. If you have good running back depth and you either drafted him or you picked him up, you don't have to play him, don't play him. But there are a lot of people that are clearly desperate yeah. and have, you know, very bad running back situations, and you would love to have a player like Jarek McKinnon. Okay, and so McKinnon or Miles um, Gaskin? McKinnon. I like Gaskin better in PPR, but it's close. You know, I think both guys have a good opportunity in that format, but in non-PPR, I'll take McKinnon. Okay. Uh, how about replacement wide receivers? You just lost your Steelers and your Titans, so let's talk about who might be available on the waiver wire. Valdez, Scantling, Renfro, Beasley, not looking quite as good for him. Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Nikhil Harry, maybe Deshaun Jackson if he plays. Anthony Miller, Preston Williams, Scotty Miller. <laughs> I wrote Preston Miller. Miller may not play. Uh, Scotty Miller, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, a Jacksonville wide receiver. Greg Ward, who are like your three favorites? If, if all these guys are available on waivers, who are the three you're looking at just for this week? Preston Williams would be my favorite. Wow. And then I would go with uh, MVS and Hunter Renfro. I think I'd take Renfro first because that, that passing game is decimated and they're going to have to throw and Buffalo has struggled against receivers who play in the slot and Renfro has actually started playing everywhere. It's not just the slot where he's been, but he, he is definitely a... I think he tends to be a low A dot type of receiver and Derek Carr is a low A dot type of passer and all the attention is going to be on Darren Waller. So By the way, PPR, I, I think I'm right. going to chance it with Renfro over Preston Williams. I just so you know, Jamie, matchup, I know it's crazy. Last night I declared Hunter Renfro my start of the week on, uh, nice. on Twitch. <laughs> I am all in. I'm going to feel so stupid when Nelson Aguilar has two touchdowns. He's a deep sleeper, too, because he's going to get an opportunity to play more, and the coaching staff has liked him ever since they got him. 
Are you considering sitting any of these guys for like a Mike Davis or a Daryl Henderson or one of these running backs you picked up off waivers? Terry McLaurin against Baltimore, Kenny Galladay against the Saints, DJ Moore against the Cardinals, Keenan Allen at Tampa Bay, Mike Evans in that same game against the Chargers. In theory, on paper, tough cornerback matchups for these guys. Uh, McLaurin, Galladay, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Are we considering sitting any of them? Well, Galladay may get a break if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play. Yeah, right. Let's assume Lattimore plays. That's a a big thing to keep an eye on because that could really sway how Galladay's performance goes. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I I think, you know, it's kind of case-specific depending on what you need, but McLaurin would be the one that I would probably avoid for those guys just based on his matchup against Baltimore. If Lattimore plays, I'd probably start those running backs over Galladay too. I don't really like Moore in non-PPR. Like, I still have him ranked too high in PPR, but he'll be a number two receiver because of volume. But I I know the what the matchup says, but I'm just watching him play. Nervous about him getting 100 yards. Nervous about him scoring. Can't really trust Which him. Which one was this, Dave? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. So I want to give when this. When I'm alone and no one's around, I call him DJ Moo. Why? Because I do like control F to uh, find players sometimes in my rankings, and that's what I type in. I like what do you that. think I type in to find Chase Claypool? Pool? Noel. Poo? <laughs> And then it takes you directly to the Giants game? I think of Winnie. <laughs> no, uh, not the Giants. Marshawn Lattimore. Word. I, word I can't say. Marshawn Lattimore is allowing a 109.7 passer rating this year as a primary defender. Okay, so like that's definitely not good. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in how many targets he's seen, what the catch rate is, and what the yards after catch he's allowed is. Okay, let's take a and look. If you, I, I can find it if you if you want to keep hosting. Uh, I don't know if I have yards after catch. He has seen... I can find it. I've got it. 10 targets as the primary defender? Or okay. no, uh, 15. 15 okay. targets as the primary defender. The catch right. rate, I believe, is 66%. And I don't think I have the yards after catch. I'll find the yak for you, but that's not terrible. It's like a two-thirds catch rate is not terrible for a corner, if you, in my opinion. Yeah, and we know he he locked down Mike Evans in Week One, so uh, I, I yeah, look. I've been looking yeah, but at was these Evans stats. Healthy. Remember uh, that no. Evans went into that game with a hamstring. Are you making the case for or against Marshawn Lattimore, Dave? I don't know where you're, where you're at here. <laughs> I'm just I'm laying out facts, baby. Yeah. So Jalen Ramsey, Tre'Davious White, Chris Harris, Marshawn Lattimore—they've all been really bad in in passer rating against. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. It's only three games. That's what I make of it. And uh, by the way, C.J. Henderson, we've talked a lot about him. He's been pretty solid, like 77% 77 passer rating, something like that, whereas all these guys I just mentioned are about 100 or a little higher. The yak on Marshawn Lattimore looks like he had a really bad play in week two because he allowed 44 yards after catch against the Raiders. Mm -hmm. But in the other games, it's been 10 or fewer yards after catch. That's always good. Okay. When you're not allowing a lot of yards after catch, that's, I mean, that's part of what your job is as a corner is try and defend the pass. And if you can't defend the pass, make sure the receiver doesn't get past you. All right. It's almost time to get to the games. First, we got to beat the waiver wire. Not the best beat the waiver wire week. If you're desperate for a quarterback, we got some buys coming up. Jimmy Garoppolo gets Miami if he's back. Debo Samuel's only 76% rostered. I wouldn't say only. He's 76% rostered. I would pick him up if I saw him in my leagues. Dalton Schultz, I'm guessing because his his roster percentage hasn't risen, you probably don't need Dalton Schultz. 
but he's 61% rostered. He gets the Giants next week. Alshon Jeffrey, 22%. His next four games are Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Giants, Dallas. That's probably two bad matchups and two good ones, but Pittsburgh's actually 26th against wide receivers, so on paper, it's three good matchups for Jeffrey out of four. Not sure I buy it, but... Uh, DST's Dallas against the Giants, if you're willing to take that risk, and Arizona at the Jets. And I would be willing to take that risk, so maybe take a look oh, at yeah. Arizona. Big risk you're taking there. <laughs> um, and I don't think Brian Hill is somebody that you can add off the waiver wire with plans on starting anytime soon, but I've I've been stashing him. Yeah. And double-check to see if Damian Harris is out there. I don't know how long I'd be okay stashing Damian Harris. But the problem is when you have to hold him if you if you don't right. have an IR spot. Sure, sure, sure. And like bye weeks are coming, you're gonna need to replace. You might have to eventually cut Damian Harris. And there's just so many mouths to feed in that run game in New England. And I guess we'll see what Cordero Patterson's role is. Cordero Patterson. You yep, know. that's a, that's a decent one. You you he might be worth like the one stashing over the weekend, right? So you'll pick him up on Saturday, see what happens on Sunday. If he sucks, if he doesn't get a lot of work. Montgomery dominates. You just cut him on Monday, and you've got an open spot for waivers. I think you also, again, I'll say, you know, you start seeing these clear-cut backup guys in good spots that are available. Go pick them up now just in case somebody goes down. So see if Tony Pollard's out there. See if Alexander Madison's out there. See if Jordan Wilkins is out there. See if some of these guys that if they were to get a good opportunity Mm -hmm. could be in great spots. So Yeah, Brian Hill. Yeah. yeah, Brian Hill will be one, sure. But I, I, I think, you know, you're talking about these high-level situations. You know, Daryl Williams, especially after Darwin Thompson fumble. You know, so Benny Snell, uh, you know, when the Steelers are playing. So or those Randy type of guys. McFarland, right. Like, you don't have to get them now because they're not playing this week. That's true. Uh, and if you have Stafford or Rodgers, you could also take a look at Kirk Cousins. I should have included him. He gets the Seahawks in week five. And Rodgers and Stafford are on by. All right, start on me to real quick here with two games. The last two games we'll get to are Baltimore, Washington, and San Francisco, Philadelphia. We covered some of that, but Mark Ingram at Washington, start on meter, zero to 10. Six. Uh, six in non PPR, five in PPR. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Four and a half. Both. Antonio Gibson against Baltimore. Five. Uh, six in both. Would you start Ingram or Gibson? I would Ingram. start Ingram in non-PPR, Gibson in PPR. Ingram in both for me. Terry McLaurin against Baltimore. Six and a third. Uh, yeah, six is fine. Logan Thomas against Baltimore. Baltimore actually really bad against tight ends so far. Three. 2.14. Four in PPR, three in non-PPR. Not, not quite pie. Greg Ward at San Francisco. Uh, six. Eleven billion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think six is good. Brandon Ayuk. Same six. Four. Okay, so Dave, you have a tie there. Pick one: Ward or Ayuk. Jamie's going Ward. I will probably lean toward Ward because I think he'll get more targets. And that kind of rhymed. That was nice. Lean toward Ward. That didn't kind of rhyme. It it rhymed. You can't spell toward like without dog and dog Ward. Like, no, frog and dog do not rhyme. Oh, the way I just said it, they did rhyme. I said it wrong. Frog, yeah, you, dog. Frog, you, dog. You, you say frog like it's got an A in there. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the first syllable only of Fraggle Rock. You say frog. 
Yeah, I don't know what that means. Cleveland at Dallas. <laughs> I just tried to think of a word that was F-R-A-G. Uh, Cleveland at Dallas. Dallas, <laughs> five-point favorites. Total's 56 in this game. Um, stat of the game, number one. Dalton Schultz has four red zone targets. Dallas wide receivers have combined for four red zone targets. So far, Dalton Schultz has a pretty good role there. Mm-hmm. Stat of the game, number two. The Cowboys allow the second most fantasy points to wide receivers, and they are not good against the slot. Again, they were terrible against the slot last year. So th- this game, Jamie, this game is is so, th- this is the game flow game, right? I mean, what's going to happen here? Because Baker Mayfield, he, got, he threw 39 passes in a week one loss, a blowout loss at Baltimore. He threw 23 passes in the other two games, wins against Cincinnati and uh, Washington. So, um, you know, that matters for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb got 10 carries in week one, and he has three targets all season. It matters for Kareem Hunt, who had four catches in week one when they were losing. Uh, Kareem Hunt may not play, though. Yeah. Well, the injury is supposedly supposedly not serious. So let's approach it right now as if he is going to play, and we'll do contingency plans. But the game script is so interesting here, Jamie, and and how you're going to approach this game, uh, at least in my opinion. I mean, obviously the Browns are going to try and establish the run, and, and, you know, hopefully for their sake and for fantasy managers starting Nick Chubb, they're going to be successful doing it. If they don't do it and they're chasing points, then that's where you have a problem. So I think the Baltimore game is the one you want to look at because this is the best offense that they face since Baltimore. And so if the Cowboys score and they're chasing points, then Chubb will still be okay because you saw what he was able to do against the Ravens and they, they didn't exactly run away from the run, no pun intended. Um, and hopefully he's more involved in the passing game. So he's still top 10 non-PPRs, top 15 at worst in PPR. And we'll see if, you know, Kareem Hunt has a bigger role in the passing game because that was his most involvement in the passing game was week one right. when he had the four catches. So I think they're still number two running backs. But yes, if you just look at it as the Browns offense, which has a banged up Denzel Ward, I think he's going to play, but, you know, keep an eye on that. If the Cowboys offense does what the Cowboys offense does, which is they're, you know, throwing all over the Browns, which I think they will and Cleveland's chasing points, then this is where Beckham comes into play. And like we talked about yesterday with with Heath, you know, in terms of where he was ranked, that if you expect Beckham to be in the eight-plus target range, the Cowboys have had five receivers go for eight-plus targets against them, and those receivers have all scored very well. The worst was, I believe, um, somebody only – oh, it was Russell Gage. Uh, He had, I think, 12 uh, PPR points. So that's the low of of the five who have hit that mark. So I think you're you're hoping for eight plus targets. If he gets that, I think he's gonna have a big game. So I think all the Browns main guys are in play aside from Jarvis Landry, more so because of what you heard this week that he's still not 100. percent So I think at best he's a number three receiver. I I'm sorry I don't want to be that guy, but I I have Gage 46 six catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. So that's 16 PPR points. Okay, maybe I'm thinking something. Different. Uh, Julio Jones had a bad game, but he only had four targets. Um, yeah, I mean... He might have been hurt in that game. And Russell Gage almost threw a touchdown to Julio Jones. I might be... Uh, maybe I have the wrong stat. I don't know. No, you're right. It, it's uh, the five guys against them have averaged 16 PPR points again with the eight With targets. eight or more targets. I'm, I'm thinking of two different teams. Okay. Don't, don't you think the Browns know that they can't stay in their turtle shell with the run game and they know they're going to have to put up points? I think they'll be a little more aggressive throwing. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that a Brown stack could be a winner in DFS this week. I don't disagree because, you know, Beckham, people are going to, you know, look at it and say banged up, hasn't been right. good. 
Uh, Baker, for sure, people aren't going to shy away from. I don't think that they're going to differ from what their philosophy is. I think they're going to be forced to differ what, from what their philosophy is because, right. you know, if if you can run on teams, you're going to always try and run on teams. I mean, you know, you still see it with uh, the Vikings and Mike Zimmer. They're still trying to run on teams. That's just mm-hmm. their identity. And so I think that's what the Browns want to be. It's, they, it's helped them win two games. You know, keep Baker Mayfield in that 25 to fewer pass attempts and manage what he does, and and you're successful. And so I don't think they're going to get away from their identity. So I think if they're get, if they get forced to get away from their identity, then that's where of course. things come into play. So right. that's what you hope because then you get Dallas playing at Dallas's you know typical level, and then you get Cleveland still get like the ideal situation for me if I'm if I'm looking at this game, I want to see Nick Chubb go for 60 and a touchdown in the first half. And then I want to see Dallas's offense come storming back and and be you know ahead by a touchdown or more, and then Cleveland forced to throw. Okay, so I kind of like Landry, by the way. All right, let's let's rank the wide receivers in this game. They are really really interesting. I mean, I'm assuming Cooper is going to be one, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and then what? Then Beckham. Mm-hmm. Then Gallup. Mm-hmm. Then Lamb. And then mm-hmm. Landry. Okay, why did you yeah, go Gallup? Why did you go Gallup three? I just think, you know, the big play is always going to be there for him. And so, you know, there's going to be, I'll say this again, I've been saying it for three weeks. There's going to be with the Falcons and the Cowboys, when you have four quality pass catchers with three receivers and a tight end, there's going to be a guy that gets left out on a week-to-week basis. Now, we don't expect Cedric Wilson to be a factor every week. That was unfortunate for, you know, the, the Cowboys guys last week, aside from Gallup and Cooper. And so it's just impossible for all four guys to have great games. So one of them will be left out. Now, Lamb's only time in Dallas, he had a 100-yard game. It's his best game of the season. This could be the first week that he scores. Wouldn't shock me. But I think you just look at it as Gallup should have had two of three good games if he got the 47-yard reception that he should have had in in week one against the Rams. And he's the different guy of the the trio. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's still in that 7-8 target range. They're going to be throwing. That's what they do. You know, not that they're getting away from Ezekiel Elliott, but they just they end up passing a lot. They lead the NFL in pass attempts right now. Yeah, and they throw to Zeke plenty as well. And I think they look, take one look at this Brown secondary and say, we've got to attack it. But they have to protect Dak first. And okay. I, the strength of this Brown's defense is that front four. So as long as they can mitigate that, it's, it's bombs away and Gallup gets a ton of air yards. He's their best deep threat. That's why he's ahead of Lamb for me this week. Okay, let's just hope him. He's got five targets, five targets, and nine targets. Let's hope it's closer to nine. Uh, all right, so if we're going Cooper, Beckham, Gallup, uh, Lamb, Landry, where does Kareem Hunt rank in there? I think he's behind Gallup. Yeah. Okay. Dalton Schultz, starter sit? Must start. Start, start him over Waller. Start over Waller. Okay. Uh, Ertz or Schultz? Ertz. Ertz. Okay. Uh, how about Baker Mayfield or Tom Brady? Ertz. <laughs> uh, I'm not there with, with Brady yet, but it's close. Okay. Uh, I think I have Brady ahead of Baker, and it's close. Okay. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's pretty I don't think Baker is, is a bad play this week. If you lost Roethlisberger, pivoting to him makes yep. Tons of sense. Kareem Hunt or Miles Gaskin? I, but I'm sorry, Adam. I, it just sent me. I'd rather have Fitzpatrick, who's still out there on the waiver wire in a bunch yes. of leagues. So if I'm debating between Fitzpatrick and Mayfield, I'll take Fitzpatrick. If Fitzpatrick is gone and Mayfield is there, okay, Baker, you're up. 
Now, what was the question you just asked? <laughs> uh, I'll still start Hunt, but Hunt you know, if he's limited in practice again, I'll, I'll take Gaskin in PPR. Still yeah. Hunt and non-PPR. Kareem. Okay. The Kareem will rise. Anything else in this game? Start Dak, start Zeke. That's pretty much it. Sit Hooper. Sit the DSTs. Hopefully we get a lot of points in this one. Hooper might score, but there's no way you should have any semblance of confidence. Okay, let's go to New Orleans at Detroit. So, yeah, my stat of the game was that passer rating stat on Lattimore, which I don't know what to make of. But my other stat in that regard is Kenny Galladay, if he's facing Lattimore and you're nervous. He he had a lot of tough matchups last year. He scored against Arizona. He had a huge game against the Chargers, 117 yards. He scored twice against the Chiefs, who don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers. He had 121 yards at Green Bay, although I feel like there was a flea flicker early in that game or something like that. They had a huge play on. He scored it at Chicago. He was bad at Dallas or against Dallas. 158 yards and a touchdown against Chicago in the second meeting. 72 yards against Green Bay. So Galladay was more or less matchup proof. Had a couple bad games and tough matchups. But just wanted to give you a little more confidence in Kenny Galladay. Look, he scored against the Cardinals last week for what that's worth. Um, although I think Lattimore is greater than Peterson at this point. Um, let's talk about... Uh, Let's I'll start with the Lions, may as well. Which quarterback do you like better, I guess, would be the first question, Stafford or Breeze? If Lattimore is out, I'll take Stafford. But that's also contingent on Michael Thomas playing. I have Breeze higher. Right now, I have Breeze higher, too. So, here's my like. Generally speaking, sorry, I guess I'm going back to the Saints instead of the Lions. Drew Breeze, we liked him coming into the year. We know the Lions have a bad secondary, even if they get Desmond Trufant back. If Michael Thomas plays, why wouldn't this be a fire-up Drew Brees, big day kind of start? Well, I don't think Michael Thomas is 100%, and you're getting reports that it's not necessarily based on how much he's practicing. It's how much they fear a risk of re-injury, which we know can happen with a high ankle sprain. So I don't know if you're going to get 100% of Michael Thomas. So they also may be down Jared Cook. So, you know, limited weapons for mm-hmm. what breeze is and i don't think you can count on alvin kamara going for 140 yards or whatever he did 138 yards receiving like he did last week so you know what we see from breeze typically when they're on the road is they run and you can run on detroit so i you know i, I mean breeze is a fine start i don't think he's a great start okay there's a lot of quarterbacks that i like better than breeze i play fitzpatrick over breeze yep i play burrow over breeze yep I think he can get you somewhere between 20 and 25 that's just not that's with Michael Thomas. If he doesn't have Michael Thomas, I would take the under. I think he can still get there without Michael Thomas, but it's closer to like 20 to 22. Because I don't buy that the Lions defense is good. I think Kyler Murray gave the game away last week. He had three interceptions. I don't think the Lions... It also was. I mean, what, that. first time Okuda played? It was. Okuda had one of the interceptions. And he's not bad, but he he's played one game. He might be their best defensive player. So if we're starting Michael Thomas, if he plays, if we're starting Kenny Galladay, are there any other, and especially if Jared Cook's out, I mean, are there any other wide receivers in this game that you're looking at? No. I mean, Marvin Jones is always going to be in the number three receiver conversation. But not exciting. Okay. Start Kamara. Who would you rather play, Latavius Murray or Adrian Peterson? Peterson. Uh, I'll take Latavius. Really? Well, you got, I got to tell you, you guys really have no respect for Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I, I gave this stat a couple weeks ago. And the problem is when I gave this stat a couple weeks ago, he got like seven carries uh, that Sunday. But he had nine games last year, Adrian Peterson, with 13 or more carries. 
He had 76 or more or more yards in seven of those nine games. This year, he's had two games with 13 more carries, and he had 114 total yards and 85 total yards. And the one time he didn't get the work, week two, they got blown out. Uh, you know, they got blown out by Green Bay. So maybe it was partially the score and partially they were getting carry well, on Johnson. Well, they were playing with the lead in the first half, though. Yeah, I think he just didn't have a lot of work in the second half. Well, that half. was the carry on Johnson scored the touchdown early. I mean, you're going to get empty carries from him. He's not scoring touchdowns, you know, which just still may happen, but he just hasn't scored yet. He's not working in the passing game since week one. I think what we're going to get back to is, you know, when they're chasing points, it's DeAndre Swift because he's better than both him and on Johnson in the passing game. So I just feel like they're going to be chasing points. We haven't seen yet, and, you know, this has kind of been the pattern for him. Last year may have been a little different, but when he has a heavy workload, he comes back next week and he's tired. He's an old running back. I mean, you know, he doesn't usually follow it up. With back-to-back games, I don't know. That's I don't since think that's he left true. Minnesota, over the over the course of his time post Vikings, that was the mo. I don't. I think I would dispute that because I just looked at. You're going to find line. evidence to dispute it. That's fine, but there's probably something related to that, and I don't know if the Lions necessarily subscribe to it. I don't know if they necessarily can, but the truth is, but they that have other hard. guys. It's not like you know, Adrian right. Peterson has to go out there and get 22 carries. And it's hard to trust a running back whose ceiling is below double-digit fantasy points. I mean, he's yeah, had yeah, one game he, this year where right. he's done. He's it. better in non-PPR than PPR. He's yep. okay in half PPR, but you know, you're you're asking for him to catch two or three passes, and that's kind of the max. And if he doesn't get you seventy or eighty rushing yards and doesn't score, then what are you asking from him? I, well, I'll tell you, he's been. In week one, Adrian Peterson was RB18 in both formats. In week three, he was RB24 in non-PPR, RB29 in full PPR. With nine fantasy points. Yeah, and I just... In a right. game that they won. How many games do you expect them to win? Do you expect them well, to win I don't, this week? I don't know. I, no, I don't. There's something but, about the but, line that tells me that Vegas thinks it's going to be close. The Saints are 1-2, and two, and the Lions, if DeAndre Swift made that catch, are 2-1. and one. I, ex- I think the Saints are a much better team. Um, but... They haven't played that well so far. They're, yeah, I don't look. I just think that um, we give no respect to Adrian Peterson, and he could get you 75, 80 yards and and a respectable game as a flex. But I, but but you know what? Yeah, look, that's more of a generally speaking thing. In this matchup, there's a good chance they're trailing. It's bad for him. The Saints have a great run defense. It's bad for Peterson. He's probably a terrible start this week. I, I This is more of a general Adrian Peterson discussion. No, so. I think you're right. I think he deserves more credit for the production that he's given you that's, the, that's the last several years. Yeah. I just think that, again, if he's not finding the end zone and he's not involved in the passing game, you're asking, you know, seven, eight points. And that's, you know, where he'll, that's kind of where his ceiling is. Last question in this game. Starter sit TJ Hawkinson. I think he's a good start. I mean, you've seen the Saints allow the most fantasy production to tight ends on the year. So, you know, if he gets his six or seven targets, which I hope he'll do, hope he'll get, um, you know, he's he's in that low-end starting conversation. I would take my chances with him over Darren Waller this week. I would too. I And the, the types of routes that tight ends have been crushing the Saints on are crossing routes. And not quite half of the catches that Hawkinson's made this year have come on those types of crossing routes. Hopefully the Lions are paying attention. And that they find ways to scheme up Hawkinson this week. So I'm buying in. Okay. Uh, Schultz or Hawkinson? I'll take Schultz just based on the matchup and the target opportunity. Okay. So it's probably close for you guys. Um, I Maybe we should, like, you, you have Fitzpatrick over and Burrow over both of these quarterbacks? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's go to our next game. I'll ask you Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff. 
I like golf a lot this week, so I would say golf. I'm nervous that golf won't have to do much against the Giants. But I don't know why you say that though, because he hasn't had to do much the last two weeks, and he's been so, well. Are last you week he kidding did, but, me? Uh, last week he had to do last a week, ton. He did, but he didn't have to against Philadelphia, and he still was good. Well, actually, last week. Okay, so uh, how many throws for golf is golf is averaging thirty throws per game. He threw thirty-two passes last week, but he had in a comeback effort. But he had a, a rushing touchdown as well. So this is actually my stat of the game. Last year, J- Jared Goff threw thirty-nine passes per game. He's throwing thirty passes per game. It's killing Higby. They have once again changed their identity. They are like a ground and pound team. Yeah, they can run the ball. They now. run a ton. Uh, so and they are big favorites in this game. So. I am also a little nervous about Jared Goff, but you don't like the Giants' defense sucks so bad. You don't have to throw that much to have a good game. Just look at right. Ben Roethlisberger in Week One. I've got him 14th. I, I I don't have him in my top 12. I suppose if if Michael Thomas ends up not playing, starting Goff over Breeze probably makes sense because there's probably a little more upside with Goff. Okay, uh, I, it's not even a little. Like if the Giants show up and actually give the Rams a game, then there's a ton of upside with Goff. But I'm believing in Daryl Henderson all the way. We know Cam Akers isn't going to play. That's what it seems like. Malcolm Brown, has already. it already seems like he's starting to get marginalized a little bit. And Henderson is is running so much better than he did last year. I, I yeah, tweeted something great. about this. Great. He, he, last year he had, I, I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but like 35 carries last year. Five of the carries went for 10 plus yards. He's had 39 carries this year. Or it might be flipped. And he's got more carries for 10-plus yards already this year than he had last year on the same amount of carries and fewer carries of two or fewer yards last year. So his yeah. vision's getting better. The The offensive line isn't as bad as we thought it would be. He's playing fantastic. And he's, he's an asset in the passing game, too. I heard somewhere that he was the start of the week. I think that's a really good <laughs> uh, Let's compare him to some wide receivers. Would you start Daryl Henderson or Odell Beckham? I'm going to say Henderson over all these guys. Over Odell Beckham? Yes. Yeah. Uh, over... Hunter Renfro. I'm starting oh. Henderson over Miles Sanders. Whose start of the week do you like better, Jamie's or mine of Hunter Renfro? <laughs> well, listen, you never go against the fro. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Hunter Renfro. Oh, no. But it's, so. It's, it's so close. No, I'm kidding. I'm, please. Yes. Even I would go with Daryl Henderson. Okay, good. So start Daryl Henderson. Hunter Renfro would go with Daryl Henderson. Probably. Probably. Uh, all right. Let's, let's talk. Uh, we'll stick with the Rams here since we're starting Henderson. Any interest in Malcolm Brown? Uh, he's in the same kind of range as AP and non PPR. Oh man, you know I have uh, I have this. <laughs> Would've been good. What is that? It's the crickets. That that sounds like somebody like streaking that window washing. It's a preloaded thing. sound effect on my mixer. It says crickets, but it's not a very good crickets, right? That's not a cricket. That's what it says. It says crickets. That's, that's rubber against a windshield. I didn't put it up. All right. What do we think about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods this week? Must starts. Yeah. I hope so. But again, I'm, I'm concerned that Cup's going to go back to his six or fewer targets. Last week, if they... he gets four targets it. against this defense, he's going to score. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. All right. I don't, see, I don't see how you sit Cooper Cup. I've got them as number two receivers. Okay. Tyler Higby or Evan Ingram. Do you like either tight end in this game? I mean, Higby's a touchdown or bust guy at this point, so wouldn't surprise me if he scores against this terrible defense, especially if Jabril Preppers is out. Okay. All right. All right. Giants. Yeah, I, I don't love them. I'd go Schultz. I'd go Hawkinson. Wait, what about I'd go Hurst. I'd go Gronk. 
Oh, no. I'd go Gronk. So wait, what about Ingram? I'd go Gronk. Not, no, Ingram not is too tough to trust. He's better in PPR than non-PPR. I can't imagine anyone starting Devontae Freeman. No. Maybe like on a dare or in a bizarro <laughs> fantasy league. He's worth rostering. He's not worth starting unless you're just stuck and you couldn't bring yourself to start Frank Gore. Once again, the Rams are not good against the run. 4.8 yards per carry to running backs. It's a consistent thing for them. Uh, Darius Slayton and well, at least it was last year. I think it's I think it's been three years now. Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. I wish Heath were on the show today. Heath has Darius Slayton top twenty one and Golden Tate twenty third in PPR, thirty first in non PPR. Um, that is interesting. Okay, so yeah, what do you guys think? You don't, you are not quite as high on the Giants passing game. No. Tate, at least he's getting you five catches per game. That helps set up a nice floor, but he's not even averaging 10 yards per catch, which is troubling. And I I would think that eventually his his target volume will rise if they can't run the football. But you just laid out how the Rams are against the run. What do you think? I think they can't do anything in this game, but I Well, I mean it's the Giants. So Look, you know, <laughs> you know the way the NFL works where a team like looks so bad and then you find out they're like a little better. I think the Giants maybe are a little better than what they looked like last week. Um, mm-hmm. But how, I also, I really do think Slayton's going to see a lot of Ramsey because Ramsey's always on the right side, right? And Slayton's always on the on that side too, pretty much. Well, they usually don't send him into the slot, so it makes more sense for him to, you know, shadow Slayton. He's not going to shadow him. I just think that they, they're good. Well, who else do they have? I just think <laughs> you know, Ramsey's going to stay on his side, and I think Slayton's typically there. That's all I'm saying. I don't think maybe. he's going to follow him, but I think maybe. he's going to see a lot of him. It's just, yeah, well, I don't see the upside. If he scores, he scores. But, like, I get why Heath is ranking him there because he thinks he's going to see a lot of volume uh, based on Heath's philosophy. Yeah. But who is starting Darius Slayton over some of the guys that he hasn't ranked over? Like, that, that's never going to happen. I mean, I have a lot of Slayton, so I could give you, like, I have to start Slayton... Slayton or Sammy Watkins. That, that's exactly what I was actually. Let's I, go right back to I it. I think I have Hunter Renfro in that league, so I'm going to start Renfro. But I'm I'm actually going to start. See, the problem is I have Tyreek Hill in that league, but I think I'd start Watkins anyway. I'd start Watkins in general over Slayton. Would you? Like, yeah, I mean, why, you're banking on the quarterback. It doesn't like. Why yeah. would you even consider starting Slayton over Watkins? Because I have Tyreek Hill in that league. But no, I'm not. It, it, there's obviously certain situations, but in just a a, a vacuum, like. One guy is playing with the greatest quarterback maybe of all time. <laughs> Certainly the greatest quarterback we're watching right now. Well, Slayton, I guess Slayton is like a worse version of Michael Gallup. He does have big game potential. We've seen it. But no, I'm not, I'm not sure. against the Rams. No, I'm not doing it. All right, that's that game. How about Baltimore at Washington? Stat of the, This is a good one. Stat of the game. No wide receiver has 70 yards yet against Washington. They're actually playing some pretty good defense. No Chase Young most likely in this game. But Ronnie Stanley left tackle for the Ravens also banged up. DeAndre Hopkins had eight catches for only 68 yards. He did score a touchdown. He's the only wide receiver with more than six non-PPR fantasy points against um, Washington. So they've done a good job. Marquise Brown's been very frustrating, guys. Starter sit, Hollywood Brown. I think he's a low-end number two, high-end number three receiver. I do think that there's bounce-back potential for this Ravens offense. There's no Chase Young, so the pass rush is going to be a little bit worse for the Washington football team. And some of those numbers are skewed because they played Philadelphia in week one when Carson Wentz couldn't breathe. Every time he touched the ball, he was getting hit and their receiving core is not good. 
And then they faced the Browns who ran all over them. And so I just don't think you're looking at it as, is this a real good indication of what their secondary is? Now, this isn't the team that's going to test them to the degrees of what most passing attacks will test them. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Marquise Brown has a big touchdown. Yeah. Does he? Okay. So would you start, um, would you start Jarek McKinnon or Marquise Brown? I would start McKinnon. I would too. Miles Gaskin or Marquise Brown? I would start Brown and non PPR, Gaskin and PPR. I'd be tempted to start Gaskin in both. The thing about Gaskin that's a problem for him is he's, he's just not finding the end zone. So he's not. Yeah, neither be, is Brown, though. <laughs> he's not true. He's not proven to be a, uh, a, a you know, a, a consistent hundred total yard type of guy yet. You know, so you're asking for him to get 60, 70 yards. That's kind of where he's been. Adam, are you interested in knowing the quarterback rankings or quarterback ratings allowed by the cornerbacks in Washington? Oh, actually, I've noticed they're quite, quite low. They These are. Guys are playing well. They're playing well. Um, Jimmy Moreland's allowed a catch rate of almost 75%. That's. Not great, but Ronald Darby's really started to play well. He, he's yeah. been part of the reason why they've been doing well. Uh, yeah. Catch rate's low. Yak is real do you low. Guys, do you guys think like Lamar Jackson's just going to go off? He's had two bad yes. fantasy games in a row. Yeah. I think that's what everybody's kind of counting on. Right. It's, it's uh, you know, they're, they're, they build it as a rivalry game because of the proximity between the two teams. And so he's coming off just an absolute horror show of a game for him. I It, it just feels like this is... A, an avalanche coming for the Ravens, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why I think Mark Ingram comes into play because of what the expected outcome could be. J.K. Dobbins, if you're thinking there's a blowout, Gus Edwards, if you're thinking they're a blowout, you know, there, there's there's opportunities for these guys if you're stuck. Like, I'll give you an example. I have a, a team where I just lost everybody at running back. I was able, as a Christian McCaffrey manager, I was able to pick up Mike Davis, but I have nothing else. Like, I picked up Rex Burkhead this week. I can't trust Rex Burkhead. I may play J.K. Dobbins just because I think he can get some garbage time runs. Wow. Okay, so how about um, comparing Ingram? I know you guys disagreed a little bit about Ingram versus Gibson, and then how would I'll go you go back to that? Start starting him, like as I as I'm thinking it through, start starting him over Gibson. over Gibson. Okay, so then how would you rank Ingram, Gibson, Marquise Brown? Brown, Ingram, Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and then McLaurin ahead of McLaurin's the best of of the. Yeah, football team. Guys. Well, no, of of anyone in this game, maybe Andrews. I don't know. No, no, I think it's gonna be a bad game for McLaurin. You do? Look, you have yeah. twenty third. A bad game for McLaurin could still be thirteen or fourteen PPR points. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the expectation, which means single digits and non. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's. I think I he's have ranked as a low there. end number two receiver, but I don't think he should even be that high. He's it, in the flat it's range. just you know we we're down a lot of guys you know so. Like you, where that where I have him ranked down twenty thirty said, yes. So right. So Thomas plays that'll bump him back. Julio plays Devante that'll bump plays. him back. Devontae plays that'll bump him back. You know he's he's gonna probably get knocked down a few spots. Okay, would you start MVS or Preston Williams over Terry McLaurin? I would start Preston Williams. Preston Hunter Renfro or press or Terry McLaurin. You can make the case for Renfro in PPR. Non PPR, I think you're probably just. Nah, maybe you're just better off going with McLaurin either way. I mean, this is really I, I tough. I kind of want to do it, though. I kind of want to go with Hunter Renfro. The Ravens, I mean, they they crushed Beckham. Will Fuller didn't even get a target. I don't care what the he, Chiefs did. The Chiefs are different. 
This is right. scary. I I am a little nervous. And, it's going to be Marcus Peters. They're with, coming off right. a tough loss where they got embarrassed. They got absolutely embarrassed. Yeah. On yeah. National TV. Right. Yeah, so they're going to, and they're going to go right after Haskins. More than a quarter of Haskins' throws are off target, uncatchable. And it's going to be Marcus Peters. I bet they shadow Peters on McLaurin with a safety helping him. Not Humphrey? No. Peters is faster. Mm, Humphrey's better. I agree, but Peters is fast. It doesn't matter. They have that's the thing. They have they lost Tavon Young, and they still have one of the deepest stables of cor- cornerbacks. All right, um, Lamar Jackson or um, Dwayne Haskins? Well, that one's really close. <laughs> um, depends on how many points you get for turnover. And which you know, DST Ron, do you Rivera, like Ron Rivera is fielding questions about benching Dwayne yeah. Haskins. He yeah. should. They they should go to Alex Smith. Maybe they do in this game. Well, I don't know if they go to Alex Smith or they go to Kyle Allen first. Oh, that's true. I want to see Alex Smith play again. All right, guys. Baltimore DST is number one overall. We got two games left. We're going to take a quick break here on fantasy football today. When we come back, we got Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Arizona, Carolina. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. And we've got the Eagles going out west to face the 49ers. We have actually... Eagle, Eagles going to Hotel California. Oh, very nice. I like that. It's a lovely place. Um. All right. So any uh, start Sanders starters? <laughs> Their wide receivers go on the IR, but they can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. God, it is just a masterpiece. Uh, okay, start Sanders starters, right? Yes. Yes. San Francisco, they have allowed the second fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards, no pass plays of 40-plus yards. They've been good at that. Carson Wentz, third in the NFL in air yards. So this will be a tough challenge for him, I, I would think, even with it all the It might be the first time that we ever see five defenders covering one person. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much do you like, like, how crazy would it be to start Greg Ward over McLaurin? I mean, th- these are the type of things that, you know, when it works out, you're a genius. And when it doesn't, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. So, right. you know, you could do it. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with Renfro. It makes more sense when you look at it from what the target share is going to be, what the matchups are, and how the scenario is going to play itself out. But, I mean, Carson Wentz can also die in this game based on how many times he's going to get hit. Is I he, though? Like, I don't know. 
what to make of the Niners. They've faced the Jets with all those injuries during the game and then the Giants. And they're banged up, but this is also a banged up offensive line against a quarterback that just seems like a shell of himself. So it's it's a bad, bad scenario for the Eagles. And then for the Niners, um, it's just, just McKinnon, right? And Kittle. Wilson's in the flex conversation yep. in non-PPR, and Ayuk is in the what-the-hell flex conversation. Not what the hell, but hey, what the hell. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles actually pretty... The Eagles have a good defense so far this year. I think they're third in the NFL in yards per play on defense. They have not had the toughest schedule so far. No, I mean, right, faced, that's why. They faced the Washington football team in week one and then the Bengals, and we know the Bengals haven't exactly been great offensively. So They've, they've right. faced two of the worst offensive lines in football, and now they're about to take on one of the best offensive lines in but football. They did really well against A.J. Green. They did well against the Rams wide receivers pretty well. McLaurin. They yep. did well against McLaurin. So, so far, I, they've got a pretty solid defense. Uh, Kittle's a must-start. San Francisco DST is top four. I, I don't want to shortchange this game, but I do think we've covered so much. Um, I guess I just... A DFS tournament play sleeper is John Hightower. He didn't who practice. I think, who I think... Oh, he didn't? No, no, I'm telling you, the only Eagles play receiver who practiced... Deontay Burnett didn't practice either? The only Eagles wide receiver who practiced on what their 53-man roster is Greg Ward. What about Mike Quick? No, but a lot of people are asking about Akeem Butler and, you know, what to do with him because, you know, last year we saw that they were, you know, running a lot of three tight end uh, options. I forget who the third guy was that they were using at the end of the season. Um, it was a converted wide receiver, but they're desperate. I mean, they're absolutely desperate for help. So it wouldn't be a surprise. I don't know who's on their practice squad, who, whoever they may elevate, but they're, they're stuck. They are really stuck at wide receiver. All right, last game is Arizona at Carolina. Kyler Murray is a top eight quarterback. He's always pretty much going to be there most weeks, if not every week. Kenyon Drake or Mike Davis, guys? Mike Davis with 16 catches in his last two games, although it's not sustainable. Another great stat from Jacob Gibbs on Twitch last night. He's been targeted on like 48% of his routes. I don't remember exactly what it was, Mike Davis, but it was like almost 50% of his routes. Last year, Austin Eckler led the NFL somewhere around 25% of his routes he was targeted. So don't expect those catches, same amount um, from Davis. And whereas Kenyon Drake uh, has what two catches two catches one catch five this season so drake or mike davis drake and non-ppr davis and ppr i have drake ahead of davis by they're back to back in ppr so i'll i'll go with drake i don't buy into this panthers run defense being any better just because they didn't allow multiple touchdowns to running backs last week they only allowed one but I, I think this is a good matchup for Drake. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very confused right now. I'm not sure if we covered this game yesterday or not. I don't think we did. Um, but for some reason, I'm just like, I think we Let's talked about DJ Moore. Let's do it. I think we spoke about DJ Moore so much Tuesday night on Twitch that it's messy, and Thursday night that it's messing with my head. Um, all right. So uh, what do you do if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play? Do you start any? Do you feel better Kirk about Kenyon or? Drake? Oh, that's well, I think true. it depends on Christian Kirk. You know, if Kirk plays and, and Hopkins doesn't, then he becomes somebody that's mm-hmm. in the number three receiver conversation in the Renfro Award, Beasley, you know, all the islands. You know, he becomes uh, he becomes an island. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Davis, tw- 20th in non-PPR and top 15 in PPR. Top 10 for, Dave, for Jamie and Heath in PPR. So hard to get away from Mike Davis. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who do you like better? Moore. 
I really want to say Robbie. The Cardinals allow the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. However, fourth fewest targets to wide receivers are not necessarily great on a per-target basis, and they've only faced two must-start guys. McLaurin was a monster, 125 yards and a touchdown. Galladay, 57 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, the last two number one receivers that they faced have done well against them, and more by targets is still number one. Would you start Daryl? Hen- would you start Daryl Henderson over DJ Moore and/or Robbie Anderson? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Arizona DST is seventh for Jamie, seventeenth for Dave, thirteenth for Heath. So they're interesting in the rankings. We've gotten mm-hmm. so many DJ Moore questions that I'm just going to fire away with some more DJ Moore questions. Uh, that was well said. DJ Moore or Dalton Schultz? More. I'll say more. But it, I think it's honestly, I think it's close. It's close in non PPR, but in PPR, I think more will be better. DJ Moore or Preston Williams? Uh, DJ Moore. I have more ranked higher. DJ Moore or David Montgomery? Montgomery and non. Yep. More uh, in PPR. I might take Montgomery and PPR too. Let me see. Yeah, I think I'd do it. And last one, DJ Moore or Devin Singletary? Uh, Devin Singletary, especially if Zach Moss does not play. Agreed. Hey, great job, guys. Hey. (laughs) Can't wait to tell everybody about my Dolphin stack on Fantasy Football Today on HQ. Make sure you check it out. Yeah. I, I, I started with that. And I figured, I was worried, oh, man, one of the guys is going to have a Dolphin stack. There's no way I should go with a Dolphin stack. You should so. go with a Dolphin stack. There's plenty of Dolphin stacks to but go around. But everybody's going to go with a Dolphin stack. Well, Makes that's me only... That they're going to blow up on us. Like, the bad blow up, not the good blow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. we got to take some chances in DFS. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Mailbag on Saturday. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you on Twitch and HQ on Sunday. See ya. Go in your league. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.